When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences shows us more about what we have in common. And my guest today lives and embodies the spirit of this show, for she has visited the world's 195 countries and 10 additional territories. And she says she came away with two key lessons. First, my guest says most people are good. And second, she says, we are more similar than we are different. My guest is celebrated traveler and photographer, Jessica Nabongo. She is the first Black woman on record to visit all 195 United Nations recognized countries. And she has an inspiring travel log to share with us all. I tell you, there are more things on my list now after this book. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called The Catch Me If You Can, One Woman's Journey to Every Country in the World. Jessica Nabongo, welcome to Perspectives. Thank you so much for having me. So when did you embark on this goal? And I've made an assumption that it was a goal that you were going to visit all 195 UN recognized countries, and then 10 more territories. Yeah, so I've been traveling internationally since I was four with my parents because they love to travel. Um, And, you know, I grew up watching Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego and reading encyclopedias and atlases. And so for me, I really am a geography nerd and I've always been curious about seeing how people live all over the world. What prompted you to Uh, say, okay, by the time I'm 35, this is a goal I've set for myself. Where did that come from? Um, So at the time I had read about an American woman who'd been to every country in the world and had the Guinness record for doing it the fastest. And I'd been wanting to go to every country in the world since my early twenties. So when I read that story, um, I started doing a lot more research and I found no black woman had ever done it. And so I decided I wanted to be the first black woman to do it. Sounds like it was pretty expensive. How'd you finance all that? Uh, Well, I was working. So, um, during a lot of my travels, I was working a nine to five. And then um, I was working remotely for uh, the UN for quite some time. And then I became an entrepreneur. And so I paid for a lot of it through the business that I was running. What did this experience of, of setting this goal for yourself, reaching it before your 35th birthday, teach you about the fundamental nature of human beings? Yeah, the biggest thing for me is that it taught me that most people are good you know, most people aren't racist or misogynist or homophobic. Uh, I traveled to 89 countries solo. And the only reason I was able to do that was because of strangers. And that beauty, that journey was made beautiful by the kindness of those strangers. So for me, I hope that that's one thing that people get out of this book as they read the stories from places that they think are dangerous or they would never consider visiting. I really hope that it changes the way that people feel about the world. Tell me about some of those 89 countries where you went all by yourself. Uh, Share with me a couple of stories about those experiences. 
Um, I went to Iran by myself. That was amazing. Uh, I did a road trip across the country with an Iranian tour guide. Uh, Iranians are definitely some of the kindest people that I've met in the world. Then in Somalia, I met some people, some locals and ended up hanging out with them my entire time that I was there. So got to enjoy the market and got to enjoy the beaches. Um, so yeah, those are two that I loved. Some folks are kind of scared of going to someplace they've never been before, been before, especially traveling internationally to other countries. Uh, were you ever afraid at any time? And what did you do to get past those fears? I wasn't. Honestly, I was never afraid because I'm not afraid of people. And if you're not afraid of people, then there's nothing to be afraid of. So I never went to a country and, and had fear with me. Tell me about your parents. My parents immigrated permanently to the U.S. in 1969. Uh, my dad went to Western Michigan before that on a scholarship pre-independence of Uganda. And then my mom, um, they met in Uganda and then they came back together. And so my mom was a registered nurse. She's retired. My father, he passed, but he was a chemist. And, um, and yeah, I think, you know, they raised us. I have two older sisters uh, without boundaries. They let me join a bunch of activities from the age of three. I was doing piano and ballet and tap and clarinet and softball and basketball and all these different things. And when I wanted to quit, they let me quit. You know, there was never this thing of, no, we paid for it. You have to finish it. And I think that really helped to shape who I am today and the freedom that I live my life with. And you got two older sisters. Do they have the same travel bug as you? Uh, they travel a lot. I mean, less than 250 people have ever been to every country in the world. So there's very few people who travel as much as I do. But my, my sisters definitely travel for sure. Did you take them on any of these trips that you guys, that you took in your quest to visit all 195 countries before your 35th birthday? Um, I mean, you know, growing up, we traveled to Mexico together, Jamaica, um, Japan, when I was living in Japan, my mom and my sister came to visit me. Um, so yeah, we've all been to several countries together. The thing that we did that I loved is that they came to the Seychelles. So my mom and some of her friends and my sisters and their friends and all of my friends, um, 55 of us went to the Seychelles to celebrate my last country. What a great place to wrap and hit your goal. Uh, let me tell everybody again a little bit more about you, Jessica Nabongo. You are a writer, you are a photographer, you are an entrepreneur, you are a travel expert, you are an influencer and a public speaker. Uh, and an expert interview guest. Uh, as we've said, you finished your journey as the first Black woman on record to travel to all 195 countries of the world. You wrapped this trip in October of 19th, October of 19, uh, just before the world shut down. Uh, about you, I'm, I read that you are a dreamer looking to craft a life and career that connect your passions and your talents. Tell me about the things that you are most passionate about. Yeah, besides travel. <laughs> um, I'm really passionate about storytelling. Um, I've been writing a lot since I was very, very young and I've been doing photography since 2005. So those are two things that I'm really passionate about and that really fuel everything that I do. Like I wanna use my storytelling to reduce bias. That's why I say the biggest thing I want for people to get out of the book 
is I want them to think differently about the world. I want them to b- believe in humanity again. I want them to stop being afraid of strangers. Um, and so that really being able to use my platforms to have those conversations and create art that speaks to that, it's, you know, it's the dream. Why do you think people are afraid of people they don't know, places they don't know, or have never been? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the media. I think that the powers that be, there's a vested interest in keeping us afraid of leaving because when you go abroad and you see how other people are leaving, you realize how crazy things really are in the US. And I think as long as people are made to feel afraid of going abroad, they're not gonna really see how other people live. If they did, I feel like there's gonna be complete civil unrest here. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. You went to St. John's in New York. Your degree is in English Lit. Uh, You got your graduate degree in development studies at the London School of Economics. Tell me about your decision and what made you want to study abroad? So I was already living in Japan and um, I wanted to stay abroad, but I didn't wanna work. And so I decided to go to grad school. (laughs) That was the motivation. I didn't even apply to any other schools. I only applied to LSE. What country surprised you the most and what about it surprised you? I would say maybe like there's so many. Um, Uzbekistan. I think I didn't expect to fall in love with Uzbekistan, but I really did. The people were so much fun and I love visiting the markets and they had great textiles and ceramics. Um, and the architecture of the country is just beautiful. Uh, so the mosques and, you know, it's just so colorful, you know, when you read the book, what you'll see is that I love color. And so for me, Uzbekistan really hit those notes for me. So I, I really loved it. It's, it's so just space, helping out our audience listening to us today, discuss your world travels, uh, help us put a pin in a map as to where Uzbekistan is. So Uzbekistan is in Central Asia. So those are former um, USSR territories. Um, so between like, if I had to give a rough, this is a very rough geography lesson, but basically South of Russia, um, West of China and East of the Middle East. (laughs) That's a pretty general way of giving us a pin, but I think I'm like, um, I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, so so you, you like that place. You love color. Other places that you just really loved when you were there. Uh, Maldives, so stunning and idyllic. I mean, you know, it's the Maldives for a reason. Um, I love Namibia. I love the sand dunes down there. Of course, the Caribbean islands, Indian Ocean and the Caribbean Sea are my favorite bodies of water. Um, I love Cuba. Senegal. There's just so many places. I've been to almost 50 countries more than once. And did you say a few minutes ago that you worked at the UN? I did. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Uh, Yeah. So I used to work for the Food and Agriculture Organization of the UN. Uh, I was based in Rome uh, and Rome is where all the UN so-called food-based agencies are. So you have World Food Program, Food and Agriculture Organization and the International Fund for Agricultural Development. And I'm like, here's my nerd coming out. And so when I was at LSC, my dissertation focused on the agriculture sector. And that's sort of how I ended up um, at the UN. Trying to hit all these countries in two and a half years, on average, how much time did you spend in one country before you moved to the next? Yeah, it's really hard to say um, because it was it varied really wildly. But I would say the last 50, it was around um, 
maybe four days on average. How did you tolerate the jet lag, if at all? Oh, I don't get jet lag. I'm a robot. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I think you really just have to, um, when you're traveling, you just have to set your clock and your mind onto your destination. So if you're going, so you get on a plane somewhere and you're the place you're going to land, it's nighttime, go to sleep. Even if you have to like take a supplement or something, go to sleep. Uh, when you land in a place in the morning, yeah, you want to go to your hotel and lay down. Don't do that. Stay awake the whole day. And then that way you won't have jet lag. You ever check a bag? How much luggage do you carry with you when you were on this kind of uh, self-directed excursion? Uh, I usually had at least one check bag. I'm not the carry-on girl. Like I've done it before, but I don't like it because it limits everything. And I was traveling with a camera, so that took up a lot of space already. So it was really hard to do carry-on only. What are your thoughts about travel and tourism as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think that people have to travel and they have to do what makes them feel comfortable. If you still want a mask, do that. If you don't and it's allowed to do that, um, you know, do what you need to do to make you feel comfortable. I think as far as tourism itself, it's such an important economic driver of so many different countries. So of course, like people should get back out there and travel. And, you know, if you're able to tip a little bit extra, because these are people whose livelihoods were completely destroyed um, by not having tourists in their country. So that's what I would say. Were you ever scared, apprehensive about traveling alone, not only as a female, but as a woman of color traveling alone, especially to some of the countries that you visited? I wasn't. Um, Why not? Because I'm not afraid of people. So here's the thing for me, I think of myself as a good person, right? I don't assume someone is bad if I don't know them because why would I do that? You know, I'm a good person. So that means everybody could be good. Sure, everybody isn't good, but I believe that most people are good, you know, and that's a key lesson that I took from the journey. Did you ever experience any negative encounters? And yeah. was, how did you get through them? Absolutely. I was in Miami and my friend's neighbor called the police and they thought, you know, told them I was breaking into the house and the police came in and put a gun in my face, point blank range. So that was horrible. And I was on vacation. Um, in Paris, someone tried to steal my phone and in Rome, a taxi driver tried to kiss me in my mouth. So some pretty horrible things for sure. But, no, I didn't. I just hopped out of the taxi. Um, but you know, no one thinks twice about going to Paris, Rome or Miami, but people are like, oh my God, you went to Somalia. And I'm like, yeah. And it was great actually. And I got this really cute caftan while I was there. <laughs> How many frequent flyer miles do you have? Um, well, I'm on miles miles or did you travel on money? Uh, Both. I traveled on anything I could. Um, but I'm a million miler with Delta. So do you remember, tell me, take me back to the day when, cause I know they do something special for you when you, when you cross that threshold, cause that's a pretty big deal. Oh my gosh, they didn't. And it's so funny because I ended up talking to like the head of customer experience about that because they didn't do anything. And it's like, I flew a million miles and I was so excited. I was like, I can't wait to see what they do. And nothing happened. It's, it kind of was disappointing actually. Oh no, they did nothing. I mean, they sent me a plaque, but I'm like, when I was on the plane, I think I'm like, aren't you guys going to give me a standing ovation or something? I flew a million miles. Tell me about that trip. When you hit that million mile mark, where were you going? Oh, I don't even remember. (laughs) No, come on. You got to remember. 
I don't. I know that it happened in 2021. I know okay. that much. Last year. Like summer. Yeah, it was last year. But I honestly, maybe one of my trips to Mexico or Turks and Caicos, I don't actually remember the flight because it wasn't memorable. Where is home base for you? Uh, I live between Detroit and LA. Detroit and LA. And when did you know that you would be a successful photographer, uh, travel writer, because of this experience you have as a travel aficionado? <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, it, it's really hard to define what success is. I'm someone who always has crazy goals. So my idea of success is not everybody else's because some people would say just getting the book deal was success. Um, so, you know, I don't really think about things like that. I just, I really am doing things that I would be doing if no one was watching. So I live my life in that way. So I try not to get too attached to these ideas of success and things like that. I, it was really just important for me to be intentional about the stories that I told, be intentional about the images and, and having National Geographic as a partner was, it was perfect. You know, you have this old institution that has shaped the way we see the world. So for me to now be a part of that and be one of their architects of how people will see the future, the world going forward. I mean, that's enough for me. How did that deal come together? Tell me that story. Um, there was an article in the Washington Post about revenge travel and my editor read it and then did some Googling on me. And then um, she reached out and said, have you ever thought about writing a book? Do you want to write one with National Geographic? And uh, so we did it. Explain what revenge travel is. So revenge travel um, in, in um, 2020, it was this idea that because people felt so cooped up that when the world opened back up that they would be traveling in excessive numbers. And I mean, we really are seeing that now. And now that the US dropped the, um, the necessity for a COVID test to re-enter, I think there's gonna be even more traveling now. So you think this is probably one of the greatest opportunities of all time to get out of your comfort zone and out of your space and go someplace different. Yeah, for sure. Um, I hope, I think if COVID taught us nothing else, it taught us that, you know, we got this one life and to live it urgently. Of all the places you visited and you're very up and positive about so many things that you took away, did you go anywhere that you just honest to goodness didn't like? <laughs> I know uh, you did. So you just go on and come up off of that as well. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't love um, Belarus or Moldova. I just didn't love them. The people weren't very nice. I mean, the landscapes weren't particularly interesting. And so, yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't ever need to go back there. And I think a lot of people, when I say that, they're like, oh, well, it's Eastern Europe. And I'm like, yeah, but I had a really amazing time in Russia and Serbia and North Macedonia. So it's not that it's Eastern Europe. It's that I don't like those two countries. Because the people were not necessarily that nice. What'd you buy there, though? Did you bring anything back? I bet you've got a, a ridiculous oh, no, souvenir Moldova. closet. Moldova, I did bring back some wine. Belarus, nothing. <laughs> Talking about the photography that you do, was it all still photography or did you shoot video as well? Uh, mostly still. I really, really wish I had an eye for film because I'm like, I could sell a documentary, uh, but I don't. So I didn't do any, um, any video footage, only, only still. This is probably going to sound like a silly question, Jessica, but you've done 195 countries, 10 territories. When it comes to home, the U.S., have you done all 50 states? 
44. What's left? Uh, Iowa, Kansas, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, Nebraska, and Alaska. Ah, and where do they fall on your in your travel plans, your travel itinerary coming up? Uh, none of them are on there as of now, but I actually, I don't have any travel plans besides I'm in the middle of a book tour now, but outside of that, I don't have any travel plans. Um, I hope to go on vacation, uh, at the end of July and the beginning of August, but, um, for now I'm just focused on the book tour. <laughs> so once you do get this vacation, you haven't planned it yet. You don't know where you're going. I don't, um, I think I want to go relatively close. So maybe somewhere in the Caribbean. Uh, but I also would love to go back to Zanzibar, Madagascar, but I don't, just don't know. It's like, okay, how far do I want to go for it? So some friends and I were also talking about um, going to the Turkish Isles. So we'll see what happens. Incredible. For people of color, if we are not traveling to places where we are the dominant culture, let's say you're visiting a country on the African continent or someplace where you're going to see a lot of black and brown people, folks can be a little skittish. What are some of the misconceptions that are out there that you confronted head on and can tell our listeners that, hey, it's okay. You ain't got to worry about all of this. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I would say is every acknowledgement of your race is not racism. You know, Black American culture is one of the ex the most exported cultures in the world. And to that end, a lot of people are familiar with Black culture and Black people, but they've never seen someone Black in person. So a lot of times that attention, it's actually more curiosity, admiration. So I think that's important to remember. Um, so yeah, so if you go somewhere, like I was in Kyrgyzstan and people were staring at me, I'm not offended by it because I'm like, I'm in a small village in Kyrgyzstan. I'm sure I'm the first Black person they've seen, you know? So you just got to let that go and block it out. But I think it's important not to let the idea or the possibility of something happening keep you from traveling. Something can happen to you anywhere. So why limit yourself because of a possibility? It's not a guarantee. It's not a fact. There's no country in the world where it, everyone in that country is 100% racist. That doesn't exist. So once you understand that, I think I would hope that people, um, that it reduces people's, people's fears. So when somebody looks at you that way and you have that thought, oh yeah, you've probably never seen a black person before. Do you go up and talk to them? Do you, what happens then? No, or I do you just let the, do you just let the moment pass? I just let the moment pass. Like if somebody comes to talk to me, obviously I'm going to talk to them. Um, but I mean, I've traveled so much and it happens so much that for me, it's just like, oh, I'm I'm there first and that you keep it pushing. <laughs> Jessica, stuff is ridiculously expensive right now, especially travel. And now that folks are ready to get out of the house and to get out of town because we've been cooped up for the last couple of years, uh, those costs are only going to escalate. You already told us that you traveled on, on money and on miles, but mm -hmm. if you've got your top two or three tips that you could share with our listeners on how to save some money and do some of the cool things that you've done, what would those be? Um, I would say chase the deal, not the destination. So there's um, websites I love, like theflightdeal.com, secretflying.com. Uh, and if you sign up, they'll send you daily emails with cheap flights. Like for example, today I saw Lima, Peru uh, for $349. 
So, you know, that's a way that you can save money. If you're flexible with your time and where you're going and you just want to travel, you can do it that way. And the other thing is to travel just means to leave your home. So I think that you can absolutely get in the car and go somewhere, explore your state, explore your region, uh, and really just start small. But start. The book is The Catch Me If You Can. The author is Jessica Nabongo, and she is the first Black woman to visit all 195 United Nations recognized countries. Congratulations on the achievement. What's the uh, next crazy goal for you? A really long nap. (laughs) No, no more crazy goals for me. I definitely want to finish seeing every state, um, but I, I don't have a timeline on it. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condas Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condas? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.